Good morning, church. It is good to be in God's house. I am uh, I'm so blessed. Uh, Karen, uh, I started that wrong. Um, Karen's been in, 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 she's been on the East Coast for 12 days, uh, so I didn't mean to say that I'm blessed Karen's been in the East Coast for 12 days. She, uh, she really did a cool thing for me. She actually created, she made a bunch of meals for me, cooked them and everything, put them in Ziploc bags and put them in the freezer. All I have to do when I leave in the morning is take one out, put it in the refrigerator, and, and when I come home in the evening, take it out of the refrigerator, dump it into a clear jar in a microwave, and, and just hit it for two and a half minutes, and, and I'm set for dinner. Not only has she done that, but while she's been gone, on Sunday morning, she calls me here at about 5.45. I'm up at 4 o'clock. So it's okay. She calls me at 5.45 in the morning, and we pray together for our services here this morning. So usually when Karen's out of town, I will say something about her that I can get away with saying because she's out of town. This time, I'm actually just sharing prayers about Karen while she's out of town. So when she comes back and you see her next week, make sure you tell her how nice I was and the nice things that I said, and, uh, and, and let's look at the message this morning. I, I wanted to do these three subjects. I just really felt uh, coming out of our Vision Sunday that God wanted me to share these three areas. So that's why we together have stopped, and, and, and if Jesus were to come into our culture if he were to step into his church and look, see, sometimes what happens in the life of a church for several thousand years, this isn't new in the life of the church, but for several thousand years, there are, there are groups of people and even individuals that, that drift out of where God intended for us to be. And that's why we have looked at these two subjects and today the third subject that we're going to look at. We looked at spiritual apathy. The church sometimes, and we even in our own individual lives, we drift out of appreciating the very gift of salvation that God has given to us. And then we drift out of appreciating the very gifts that he's given to us as individuals. And then last week we looked at worship, and God's, our, our life is a gift from God. The very life that we live and the privileges and joys is a gift from God. And what we take with that and what we do with that is our gift back to him. That is actually our worship to him. And, and we do it here on Sundays with our music. We, 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 we sing together. And I, I, oh, you're going to hear me say this more and more. Sing all the songs. David, the psalmist, understood this. He understood that taking music and putting it together with worship, with heartfelt songs and heartfelt worship, we are actually worshiping God. In other words, we are looking at God, recognizing who he is, and acknowledging that. And he designed us, and he's called us, and he desires, he, he, he loves the praises. The Bible says that he actually inhabits the praise of his people. He lives inside of the time that we praise him. He inhabits that time. He moves during that time. He uses that time in our services in a special way. He gets our hearts ready for what he wants to speak to us. Today I want to look at another thing that if Jesus were to come into the church, and he did it, 
even in New Testament times. As a matter of fact, the subject that we're going to talk about today is the one that Jesus went all, he, he, he went postal on the people that he talked to. He, he just went off, he didn't hold anything back, and he sailed into them. And we're going to look at that today. I want to look at this subject of hypocrisy. And many of us, we've got friends, and we'll invite them to church, and their response will be something like, well, I'm not going to church because there's just just a bunch of hypocrites there. And and for years as pastors, our kind of a humorous response is that, well, there's always room for one more, so why don't you come and join us, you know? Now, now while there's an element of truth to that, while there's there is a bit of truth to that, the problem is that there is a very real pain in the lives of some people who have been disappointed. They've been disappointed by the actions and the behavior of someone who calls themselves a follower of Christ. They claim to be a follower of Christ, but, but, but in some way, their, their action and their behavior were just not what you and I or they might expect. They said one thing, but they, they did another. It may have been a pastor. You know, we, we live in the age of, of pastors on televisions, and we've watched over the years so many problems come out of that, and, and this become a reality in that realm. But maybe you've been hurt by a pastor or hurt by a teacher or someone who was volunteering and, 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 and this was an issue. Maybe, maybe it was your mom or your dad. And you grew up and there was, there was this harsh reality of, of they said one thing, but they, they did something else. And they, and they claimed to be a Christian. Brennan Manning is a theologian. Brennan, Brennan Manning wrote this, and it, 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 it's worth us looking at because I think, he, I think he makes a powerful statement here. The single greatest cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips, but then they walk out the door and they deny him with their lifestyle. And he goes on to say this. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. Gandhi, Gandhi said, I love your Christ. I'm not impressed with your Christ followers. The the disparity between following Christ and saying that we're, and living like it. Let's kind of lay a foundation, and you can do this by filling in your notes a little bit. Hypocrisy, I want to talk about what, a little bit what it is not, and then let's talk about what it is. Hypocrisy is not the gap between what we do and what we wish we did. That's not hypocrisy. It may be sin, but it's not hypocrisy. See, the gap between what we do and what we wish we did is the difference between how we behave and how we wish we would behave. It's, it's like saying, I, I, I wish that I didn't say, but I did. I, I wish that I didn't think th- this certain way about, but I did. See, that's not hypocrisy. 
Hypocrisy is the gap between what we show and who we are. What we show that we are and what we really are. See, we're sinners. We're sinners and and we make mistakes and and we sin and, and we fail. And it's a broken and fallen world. And that's why we need a Savior. Now, Paul talks a little bit about this issue. The Apostle Paul says, what should we say then? Shall we, continue, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? You see, when you and I become followers of Christ, we accept Christ as our Savior. He forgives our sin. He forgives our sin. In the past. Our past is no longer an issue. It is behind us. We are in the present and we are moving towards the future, and he forgives our sin. And Paul says, well, what should we say then? Since we have God's grace, should we just continue sinning? And he says, no, 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 no. While we are forgiven of our sins, and God's grace washes that, that doesn't mean that we have the license to continue sinning. When we recognize that we sin, Paul says, we should Repent and turn from it. In other words, stop doing that. Should we continue in sin that, that grace may continue to abound? No, grace is going to continue to abound, but sin is going to be destructive. So let's learn. Let's allow Christ to work in us and put that and make it a part of our past. Hypocrisy is the gap between what we show and who we are. It's the difference between what we say, and how we live. It's the difference between our public persona and our private character. When they're different, that is hypocrisy. Jesus used a Greek word when he talked about this. He, he used a Greek word, and he used it over and over again. The word hypocrites. It, 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 it's so similar to our word hypocrite. And, and our word hypocrite comes out of that. But that word in the Greek actually means it's literally translated as actor. It's literally translated as a stage player. That's what the word literally means. And Jesus used that word over and over again. Behind the mask, in Greek uh, acting and, and theater, the, the masks were used by, by actors all the time. There was a happy face and a sad face, and there's a whole range of other faces they would use. But when they were acting, they would actually hold those masks in front of their face so, so that it was very clear to everybody the image they were trying to give. And Jesus knew this. He understood this was a part of their culture. And he pointed right to it specifically. And he said, that is hypocrisy. It came down hard on, on what was presented from the outside when we show one thing and from the inside it's so very, very different. And Paul writes to this in Titus chapter 1, verse 16. Titus chapter 1, verse 16. Boy, it's hard to see there, isn't it? Titus 1.16 says, they claim to know God, but their actions deny him. They claim to know God, but their actions deny him. 
And Jesus talked to this issue of hypocrisy in a way that he didn't talk about any other issue to anyone else. He did it in different ways. When he saw people giving and they were hypocritical, he pointed out one time when, when Jesus was standing in the back of the room and, and this was the, the, the temple and, and the prominent people were, were coming through and they were giving. And, and in their giving, they made a show and a big issue of the fact that they were giving money to the temple. And this went on. And then this widow walked up in such a humble way, and, and she put down her two mites. I actually purchased a couple of mites on, at, at, a, at an auction, so I would have them and use them as an illustration. But they're so small that I, I can't even use them as an illustration. And she gave these two mites, and Jesus is in the back of the room, and he, he turns and he says, she is giving more, really, than all of them put together. Because while they had plenty and they came and they gave something at the temple, this woman came through with her two mites, all that she had, and she, and she gave Everyone else that gave, the, the, the prominent ones in, in the community, never even felt what they were giving because they had so much and they were giving just a part of it. She gave all she had, and Jesus made a point of pointing out the hypocrisy. He talks about the Pharisees. You see, the Pharisees, they, they would go on the street corner and they would be dressed up in their robes and they would look unbelievably religious. And they would, they would talk to God, Oh, thou almighty, wonderful. And they, they would proclaim some religious jargon on the street corners. And it was all show. And Jesus pointed it out. That is hypocrisy. One time, Jesus came into the temple, and you see, you see what, what, what they did in their day is they would come to the temple, and they, they would, be, for payment of sins and for their sins, they would, they would sacrifice an animal. It was, it was part of the Jewish culture, and, and, and some people came from a distance, and so they couldn't bring animals or weren't. So it was okay to, to purchase an animal closer into the temple and, and, and bring that in and have it sacrificed. But, but this whole thing had been turned and had taken a whole different turn. And Jesus walks into the temple, and for all intents and purposes, Jesus says, this ain't it. This is not what my father had in mind. And Jesus turns the tables upside down. There was a whole bunch of tables, and there were animals. They had a lot, all money changing was going on, and Jesus flips the tables over turns them upside down, animals are scurrying all over the place, changes all, the coins are all over the floors. He just disrupts the whole thing. And he tells them, he said, this is my father's house. You have made it into a den of thieves. This is my father's house. This should be a place of prayer. And he dealt so harshly. He didn't come in there and say, you know, you know, guys, I, I, I don't think this is what my father had in mind. I, I don't think that, no. He flipped the tables upside down. He disrupted the entire thing. 
And then in Matthew chapter 23, look, look how he talks to the religious leaders of the day. Verse 27, woe to you. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees. You hypocrites, right to their face. You hypocrites. You play actors. There's nothing real about what you're doing. You're whitewashed tombs. You look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside, you're full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. He gives real clarity here. He talks to them like he hasn't talked to anybody. And in the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Jesus is not holding anything back here. He just lays into them. You put on a show intentionally. And then he goes on, and look what he calls them. You snakes. You brood of vipers. How will you, listen, he tells them their future. How will you escape being condemned to hell? You're the one who wants to look good on the outside, but from the inside, you are very far from God. You know, I find it interesting here that Jesus did not say, woe to you who do bad things. Woe to you who say bad things. He didn't say that. He said, woe to you who do bad things and you who to, to you who say bad things, but you act like you don't. You act like you're perfect. So I, I look at this culture, I look at even at our church family, and, and, and I got to say, I don't, I don't feel like this is, 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 a, is a big issue for us. It's not like it's a large issue. It's, it's not like it's, it's a stumbling block in our church. It's not like, like this thing is really affecting us in a big way. But I do know that through the years, the church and individuals in the church we have this tendency to drift. And the reason that we're talking about all three of these issues is so that we as a church and that we individually have such clarity in our lives that we don't drift. And I think there's one area in our culture that, that I, I think we need to be a little careful of. If I'm looking at this subject and hypocrisy Social media comes to mind for me. It's, it surfaces as a perfect opportunity for hypocrisy to show itself. I, I challenge our staff and, and even our, our entire church family when, when we post on social media. Let's be intentional about sharing truth and sharing it in love. Sharing truth and sharing it in love. All of us have watched explosions on social media go crazy and viral. We watched even on television this week a Catholic high school and boys who go to the Catholic high school. A 30-second video get posted nationwide and a whole story being told that isn't even true. 
And if you haven't watched that, that entire, I would encourage you to watch the whole series. Watch what happened. They were, there was demonstration going on there between two other groups. Neither one of them very kind, but one of them certainly way more kind than the other. And those boys were not even involved in it. And then the two groups turned and came on these, these boys. In a, and this short video and an image talked about that video was thrown out there. And so much is going on now with that story. And so much of what is going on is not even true. Hypocrisy is a big deal. Social media, we can try and present our marriage as, as, a, as a, a wonderful, lovey-dovey, happy, and, and the opposite be happening. We, we try and paint a picture for something that and something else is, is the case. We, we may even take our time in our devotions where we open up our Bible and, and we put our coffee cup next to our Bible because devotions are way better when you have coffee with devotions. And, and we set this scene up and then we, then we take our phone and, 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 and we're, we're going to, and we take a picture of this and that's not that good. Maybe I should just go in the and we'll, we'll do this probably a dozen times, you know, and, and, then, and then we'll post it. And that's good. I think you ought to do that. I think that's a good thing to be on social media. But if you took more time setting this picture up than you did reading this book, that's probably hypocrisy. And we, we get so focused on an image that, that we want to put out there. We can, we, can, we, can be telling our, we can be telling everybody that everything is amazing in our lives, and yet we're struggling with depression. Or, or we're struggling with hurts. Or we're doubting. Or, or we're facing an issue, and, and, and we're actually feeling miserable. But that image is so important. After I talk about this, some of you may be a little bit uncomfortable right now. Maybe there's a little bit of discomfort happening. And, and if that's happening, that's a good thing. Because that, that means you're, you're, there's a self-awareness that is going on. There's a recognition that, that we, what we need in our lives is grace. We need Christ in our Hypocrisy is so easy to see in other people, but it's difficult to see in ourselves. If I were to ask you, is there someone in your life that, that you would say is a hypocrite? Probably most of us could point to someone. But few of us would say that, that we struggle with that in any way. Jesus points right at this stuff. And yet, if we recognize, if, if there's a little bit of discomfort, it means that we're open. We're open to the Spirit of God working in our lives. And that is the very thing that he desires to do. In other words, there's even hope for the hypocrite. In Matthew chapter 23, look at verse 27. He says, woe to you teachers of the law, you Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup or dish, but inside they're full of greed and self-indulgence. In other words, you hold the cup up to everybody and you make sure that the outside is clean. You don't even take the time to clean the inside. 
we have a dishwasher at home. And my brother-in-law in Florida has the exact same dishwasher. And when I'm in Florida, I watch what they do. And after a meal, they take all the dishes and they just put them right in there with all the gravy on them, with all the, it's all, it's, 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 it's horrible. When I fill my, the same exact dishwasher, when I fill my dishwasher, I have issues. I, I, I have to clean the dishes before I put them in the dishwasher. And those of you who've washed a cup, you know, you know that when you're washing a cup, you, you, know, you, you clean the cup, you clean the inside, and uh, you know that by the time you get the inside clean, the outside's already clean. It already is. And that's what Jesus is talking about here. You, you know, they get so focused on cleaning the outside, they don't even worry about the inside. Not if, they, if they would clean the inside, the outside would already be clean. Look what he says. You're doing the show but you don't have the substance. It's all fake. And in verse 28, 26, blind Pharisee, this is what he says before he even gives us this whole passage. He says, blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside will also be clean. If you take the time to clean the inside, the outside will already be done. Let the Holy Spirit work on you on the inside, and you'll never have to worry about the outside. Because when we allow him to work on the inside, he cleans us through and through. And, and that, that we become conformed to the image of Christ. And this is the very process that God desires to do in our lives. So there's even hope for the hypocrite. There's a concern here because we can be so focused with fake. Living a, living a fake life is exhausting. Not only is it exhausting, it is dangerous. And I didn't put this in your notes, but I, you, you're going to want to write this down. It, it, it's not only dangerous. You see, sin grows best in the dark. You might want to write that one down. Sin grows best in the dark. When sin is hidden in your life, it, it, will, it will continue to grow unless it is dealt with. That is one of the reasons that Jesus showed zero tolerance for hypocrisy. Because hypocrisy deals with the heart. And if the heart is filthy, the outside cannot be clean. But at the same time that Jesus had zero intolerance for hypocrisy, he has unlimited grace for the sinner in need of forgiveness. And that is the very reason that most of us are sitting here this morning. Because we recognize that we are sinners and we need a Savior. And we recognize who Christ is, that he, he came to be our Savior. And that he has unlimited grace in our lives. He hates a show. Christ didn't come so that we could appear to be righteous. He came to work in us. 
so that we could be in this process of becoming righteous. When we drop the mask, he pours unlimited grace into our lives. When we drop the mask, we are humbling ourselves. The Bible says in James, he resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. What if they find me out? If you're going to live the life of what if they find me out? What if they find out that I'm not perfect? What if they find out that I have faults? If that's where you're hung up, let me tell you, all of us are not perfect. All of us have faults. And whoever you're worrying about, if they think or could possibly think that you're perfect or don't have faults, they have issues that you can't even begin to address. And they already know you're not perfect and that you have faults. They probably think you have more faults than you really do. See, when you have nothing to fear, or actually, you have nothing to fear when you have nothing to hide. When, when you're not hiding anything, you're, you can live fearless and in freedom. Look what Proverbs 28 says. Whoever conceals their sin does not prosper. If we, if we try to hide it, he says, we won't prosper. But the one who confesses and renounces their sin will find mercy. If you're going to live behind a mask, you're not going to have the blessings of God in your life. We are only as strong as we are honest. If we are honest, there's unbelievable strength in being honest. Truth is a great thing. You never have to worry about it. You never have to try and remember what you said. You just share the truth. Many of us this morning are in life groups. If you're not in a life group, Allow us to, to get you in one. As a matter of fact, our biggest problem right now is we don't have enough life groups. Most of our life groups have too many people in them. So if you would like to, allow, help, allow us to help you to launch a life group. All we need is to get two or three or even four people together, and we'll, we will do everything we can with you to help you to, to be a life group. And let me tell you, it is unbelievably simple. There's nothing that we, we do everything for you, and we give you everything to make it happen. If you want to do that, grab one of the cards right on the, the bottom of it. I, I'm, I'm up for, for launching a life group, or I have some friends, and we'd be willing to do that. How, how, how do we grow as followers of Christ? We, you know, th there's a pretty simple process here, and it's a biblical process. We meet together on weekend services. And we get into a life group. And, and the third thing that we do is we get involved somewhere. We serve somewhere. There's, we're getting close to 150 people now here in our campus serving somewhere at least once a month. And those three things will, will, will be a process that God will grow you through. In a life group, you have the opportunity to share with one another. In my life group, 
We, we, we have a close enough relationship where we know about each other's families. We, we share with one another. We, we pray together. When something's going on in one of our lives, we pray together about it. And we meet every Monday night. And, and, and we can turn and share. If there's an issue, we, 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 can, we can see. See, sometimes, sometimes you need to talk with someone. Sometimes you need to share with someone. Sometimes you need to forgive someone. In a, in a life group, you can share. Now, it, you, that does not mean that you join a life group and you have to dump everything about you on everybody. That doesn't mean you need to share everything you've ever done wrong with your life group. or with. Because the circle of forgiveness needs to never be larger than the circle of offense. But in a life group, we have this opportunity. You know why? Because we all have struggled. We all fall short. There are times that we all may be afraid, but, but as we're following Christ, the key is to, is to not go back to our old lifestyle and then begin to fake it because then we're drifting into this area called hypocrisy. And maybe for you, there, maybe for you there's a deeper struggle. Maybe, maybe an addiction is going on in your life. Maybe there's a, a hurt that is so deep with you, you just need more. I'd encourage you. Carlos will be up here. Pastor Carlos will be up here after the service. Come and talk to him. There's a there's a 12-step group that he'll be doing with that, that they'll be doing with uh, ladies. There's another one they'll be doing with men. And, and if that's you, get with Carlos and get in one of those. Let let's not go through this year with something that we have carried for years. Let, let's be willing to step into the very process designed by God himself when he sent his son to pay the price for our sins. Let's step into that process and allow him to work it in our lives. David in Psalm 139 prayed this. He prayed, search me, O God, know my heart, test me, and know my thoughts, know my anxious thoughts. Why am I thinking the way I'm thinking? We should pray this prayer with David. This, this would be a good thing for us to do. If you're wear, sometimes we're wearing a mask and we don't even know it. Verse 24, see if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. That's where we are here at Camelback. He is, we're followers of Christ and he is leading us in the way everlasting. By the way, next week, do not miss Football Sunday. We will step our game up here, and we will all have a good time together. In your notes, we don't close the gaps with perfection. See, no, we can't possibly be good enough to be good enough. That's why we need a Savior. We don't close the gaps with, perfe with perfection. We just can't do it. We close the gaps with Christ. He paid the price. He did it all. Now allowing him to work in us. And hypocrisy can find us in a place where we come to church and we're smiling. And yet inside we're scared to death because there's a medical report that we just got. And, and we just don't feel like we have enough faith. And that's the time. 
to take it to your spiritual family. Or maybe you're dealing with an addiction or a hurt and you need someone to pray with, someone to help you. Celebrate recovery on Friday nights. Or, or maybe you're just smiling. You drove up here and you drove up here in a nice car and, 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 and you're, you're given the image that everything is great, but you are in debt up to your eyeballs. And in a couple of months, we're going to be launching Financial Peace University and you will have the opportunity to allow that whole situation to change in your life. And, and be in a position where you're, where you're allowing God to take a weakness in your life and turn it into a strength. And take you right from where you are and turn you into a monument of his grace. Because that's what he wants to do. Whoever conceals their sin does not prosper. But whoever drops the mask and renounces it, finds mercy. Jesus hated hypocrisy because he knew the damage it could do. But while he hated hypocrisy, beyond belief, he had unlimited grace for everyone who would turn to him and say, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. And you can become child of God by simply recognizing Jesus as your Savior, accepting his gift of salvation, and allowing you to become his child and a part of our spiritual family. And Paul says this when he talks to the Romans. He said, so here's what I want you to do. And you can only do this with God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, you're walking around in life. And, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit in without even thinking. If you've not accepted Christ, I encourage you to do it this morning. Do it while we sing this next song. Our team's going to come together and lead us. Let's take this time with this song. Let's sing this song. Let's worship him. Stand together with me. Lord, bless this time as we worship you. Bless this time as we stop for this moment before we leave this place. And we again acknowledge you and how much you've done in our lives, doing in our lives, and going to do in our lives. In your name we pray. Amen.